Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Hi There Social Sesh. My name is Jamie. And I'm Keegan. And we're really excited to have you with us here today. This is our first ever podcast, so we want to tell you a little bit about what Hi There Social Sesh is. This podcast, Hi There Social Sesh, is a cannabis space where Jamie and I are going to talk about current events, uh, news in the cannabis space, and alternative medicine. We're also going to introduce you to some of the most interesting folks in cannabis and in this community. And yeah, we're really excited. So thank you again for joining the conversation today. And remember, there's always going to be a spot saved for you in our sesh. Awesome. Thank you. So um, Hi There Social Sesh is brought to you by Hi There. And I'd love to explain to you more about what Hi There is. Um, so Hi There is a social cannabis app. We're a community of cannabis enthusiasts that are looking to create, connect, and learn. And while other platforms censor creators for discussing the cannabis industry, Hi There promotes it and highlights cannabis-centric content. And this really allows our users to share their interests, learn more about the industry, find friends, get the latest news, um, discover product reviews. So to learn more about Hi There, you can search Hi There in your app store, or you can click on the link in our bio. Each week this podcast, we're going to start off by just chatting um, a little bit about the industry, and then we'll be going into an interview with someone that we think is really interesting in the cannabis space. So yeah, Keegan, um, how have you been doing lately? You know, this week, so I'll be candid, and this is, I guess, it's funny how everything does kind of go back to cannabis, because as I've been thinking about this, I'm like, oh, maybe I could get some CBD products and different things, but I've been in this space of, like, self-care, skincare, hair care, hair is getting longer, so I'm doing all of these things, and the thing I'm just thinking about right now is, like, the disconnect of putting sunscreen on right after you've taken a shower, because I have just started using sunscreen consistently because that's something, you know, apparently is really good for you and you should be doing. Um, so I've heard, so I, I finally folded, but um, yeah, I just took a shower about 30 minutes ago and then put SPF all over my face. And I feel like I, I'm just still getting used to that, like feeling of, you know, getting clean and then putting something gross and greasy and sticky on you. But, it, you know, it's it's for the best, right? It is for the best. I remember when I was younger, um, my aunt had beautiful skin and she would always say to us from a young age, like the best thing you could put on your face every day is like SPF. So I've always, since I was probably like 14, used a, a face lotion that has like at least 15. So I'm happy that you've, uh, you've joined the game. Now you're in the, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's where I've been this week, but I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm sure there's all kinds of other things I'm sure, but that's where my head's at. How about you? I've been good. My, I'm, um, as you know, but just to share with the the listeners, um, I'm a mom of two young kids. I have a almost nine-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son. So my son had pink eye, he's getting over it. Um, so things are looking up in my household. And other than that, I'm just really excited to finally get the, to record this with you um, and to introduce wow. our guest and talk a little bit about cannabis and maybe the state of the industry. You know, it is the beginning of a new year which is always an exciting time. Just look back at the past, make predictions of the future. I know you covered it for high there um, already, but I think it would be cool for us to just maybe introduce ourselves really quick. And then we can dive into talking a little bit about cannabis before we bring on our guests for today. Um, yeah, definitely. So let me go first really quick. Um, my name is Jamie. I'm the chief content officer at high there. I've been in the cannabis journalism space for over a decade now. Um, before this, I started as actually an intern at Culture Magazine back in the day, worked my way up over many years to be editor-in-chief, and from there we were acquired by High Times, so I had the true honor of carrying the, the torch as editor-in-chief of High Times there for a couple of years, 
um, until I shifted over to Hi There. And now at Hi There, I do a little bit of everything, content creation, editing, photo editing, and now this podcast and more. So overall, um, that's a little bit about me and, and how I got to be here on the social sesh. What about you? Connecting back to, you know, what you said, that is actually for everyone, uh, how we met. I got into the freelance journalism space after doing some side gigs and different things, probably starting in like 2018, um, started doing some freelance writing on top of, uh, I worked in the cannabis industry. I was a patient coordinator and a uh, ship leader manager in Northern Colorado and Denver. Uh, while I was doing that, I also wrote for queer media. I myself am queer and non-binary. I use they, them pronouns. Um, so I was in kind of the queer media space for a minute. And then after going through some other industries, quitting cannabis, being in tech for a little bit, moving to Los Angeles, uh, decided it was time to take the plunge into freelance journalism and really kind of inadvertently built a space for myself within cannabis. I started writing for Dovin Culture, which is how we connected, and then eventually High Times, and then, yeah, Hi There Now. Um, I also write for Grow Magazine. Similarly, I'm really excited also to be on this podcast, and I think there's so many different ways, especially in the modern day, right, to communicate information um, and to build, you know, these stories and to talk about a number of things. So I'm, I'm really excited to get this going. It's been, what, like two, three months in the making now we've been kind of talking about it. So yeah, really, really excited to get going. Yeah, I'm excited too. And I'm, I'm happy to have you on our side. I love your focus on advocacy. I love your focus on reliable information. Um, and I'm happy that we can continue to echo, echo your voice um, through this podcast. So yeah, um, it's great to be here with you. Um, Thank you. Let's dive into um, a topic we wanted to discuss. Something I guess I was thinking about with this first podcast, and also it still is the start of the year overall, and looking at last year and also looking at this year, I think there's been just a lot of bigger changes within the cannabis industry that we've seen. You can look at, you know, just general like legacy market shifts, sort of where they're going, uh, having to kind of reckon with you know, a decade later, uh, what does this industry look like, right? And what do we have to do, uh, especially as more places continue to legalize cannabis? And something that really struck me, it was a report from MJ Biz Daily, and it was talking about how advocacy groups often in the past were the ones that would be behind really elevating and promoting cannabis reform legislation, right? And Something recently that we've found here, or at least this report has found, is that that's really shifted to now that the industry is so large, right? The industry and these industry leaders uh, that now have capital, right, and can really support this are beginning to support these measures. When we look back to election season 2022, far and wide, these measures were supported by industry folks which also bears the question where advocacy groups turning, right? And right now the shift has been advocacy groups really looking at psilocybin. That also causes a lot of conversations around our industry groups uh, elevating this for capital. Is it more uh, kind of about upping the industry and where do the conversations around equity and social justice and cannabis reform um, in regards to the folks affected by war on drugs, 
how does that come into play? So that was something that really struck me, at least as, you know, sort of a thinker of, okay, where are we going now that the industry has been up and running, right, for, for a good 10 years? Yeah, I think it is an interesting um, perspective to consider. Um, when I first joined High There, which was um, almost a year ago, I remember coming in and, and saying, you know, cannabis legalization has come so far that we're going to hit a tipping point to where, you know, we're going to start seeing a lot more advocacy and grassroots um, initiatives trying to push for psychedelics and decriminalizing other drugs besides cannabis because so much progress is made. And I do think it's interesting because I've, I've seen that same MJ Biz Daily report, and I know that it was, um, I think, Drug Policy Analysis Alliance and then um, Mar Marijuana Policy Project were two that have really shifted from adult use legalization um, advocacy to now psychedelics and then to legalizing psychedelics and then decriminalizing other drugs besides cannabis. So I think it is interesting to see the focus change, you know, and, and a lot of it is a, in my mind, it is a very positive to see that so much progress has been made for cannabis that now we can also focus on other substances that have just as much medicinal value for consumers. So um, I, it's not something that I think is surprising, but it is interesting to watch it develop over the last decade, right? So um, yeah, I'm interested yeah. to see how that affects, you know, different regions going forward. I know that there are certain cities and states that are leaning more towards decriminalization of, you know, psychedelics or psilocybin mushrooms. And so we're really going to see in the next few years that gain even more steam, especially with these advocacy groups in their corner because we saw what they did for cannabis, right? That's not to say of like, you know, we don't have the answers, right? You know, I'm, I'm thinking in the future and it's just like, okay, we bring up all of these changes. And I think even like industry insiders and leaders, it's kind of, you know, we can kind of see maybe some of the challenges we're going to see. I especially see that in the realm of like federal legalization. And we're really starting to see in the US specifically, like where these gaps are. Uh, there was another recent study talking about how like Canadian advertising versus the US and because the US has so many different advertising rules, the inconsistency can actually lead to a lack of quality information reaching consumers, things like that. And then there's also, of course, like the safe banking bill. And there's, you know, what's happening in California right now in the sort of economic bubble uh, and also, you know, California trying to get interstate commerce going, but like there's not really a setup for that in other states, but that could be beneficial. So it's hard because we have this conversation and it's hard to pinpoint like what the solutions or what the answers are because some of it is kind of like a wait and see, right? hundred percent. Yeah. And a, and a lot of it too, it's like, there's so many different layers to the cannabis industry and to legalization and decriminalization. Like a lot of it is always just kind of influx. And I think one thing I do want to touch on earlier too, is when you talk about equity, because I know in the beginning, you kind of mentioned equity on this topic. And I think making sure that whatever, you know, um, whatever progress we're making, whether it's for cannabis or psilocybin or other psychedelics, that we are making sure that the infrastructure we're building, whether, especially on a federal level, but um, is similar to what we've seen in places like Oakland that allows for equity to not just be part of the conversation, but to be front and center in the conversation. Um, and obviously, you know, we've definitely dropped the ball with that in a lot of different states, but I hope that with federal legalization, we are seeing a really big focus on 
making sure that the people that are involved in the industry are the people who have been dis disproportionately affected by the war on drugs and making sure that it is an equitable opportunity for people of all, um, all backgrounds. We're already like almost past the halfway point, right? To where right. it's like, to me, significant in the way of um, it's exciting and it's a significant number and it's a direct, um, I think, you know, that is why we're seeing the lobbying toward cannabis move to also psychedelics is because there's a new frontier ahead. There's something else on the cusp and we don't want to leave cannabis behind, especially when it comes to equity, but this is, you know, there's other jumping off points that are taking off and, and I'm here for it. You know, I'm definitely here for it, especially psilocybin, um, especially ketamine treatments. There's so many fascinating trials and um, research out there around these um, substances. And I am 1000% here for it. Eyes glued to my computer screen um, following along. <laughs> uh, same here. Well, and I think to that point too, it harkens back to with looking ahead to psychedelics, especially because there's so many people who want to make sure that it's done in a responsible way and it's not necessarily done with like capital or, 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 you know, or exploitation of, of certain groups and stuff at the forefront, you know, psychedelics, I'm not sure if they're ever going to work in the way of like dispensaries, maybe, I don't know, but it's like, you know, focusing on decriminalization so people can grow these things at home and use them for themselves in their own way or go to clinics and have the supervision so they can have, uh, you know, the specific experiences and symptom relief that they need. You know, I do think that there is a conversation in psychedelics where it, that's pretty prominent or among active advocates too of we have to look at th this as a different substance because it is and, you know, like it may not work in the same way as cannabis and that might be a good thing. You know, just wondering and, and we were just considering like it couldn't look like cannabis because no. psilocybin is a lot trippier than cannabis and it affects you differently and I don't, yeah, I, I think that is a good point to make that we're not necessarily going to see the same thing, but we're seeing something, right? And yeah. I want to follow it. And I also, um, I want to experiment with it. So I'm I'm here to, to watch and to learn and to um, experience it as well. So let's not waste any time. We have an amazing guest with us today. Somebody who is a friend and contributor of Hi There. We are welcoming Logan Shamut. He is a cannabis cultivator and he lives in Thunder Bay, Canada. Um, Logan comes to us as a journalist, as a grower, as a professional outside of the cannabis world, and is honestly someone who just has a very compassionate heart. And um, it comes through with their willingness to share so much information about cannabis. So without further ado, here is Logan. We're excited to have you. Thank you for, for coming in with us. Oh, I'm super excited to be here, honestly. Uh, yeah. My pleasure. So in talking about, I guess, that barrier of folks being like, ooh, I love cannabis. I know about it. I like smoking it, but I don't feel like I could grow it or, you know, that that sort of, you know, again, pushing against that barrier of being like, you know what, I will try this and I'm, I'm going to. No, like my career, like it's funny, like my career is really nothing. Like I work long-term care. I work for seniors. I used to run a welding shop in Edmonton. And cannabis came to me because of my medical need. I was always a recreational user. I mean, since I was probably 13, 14 years old, I, I've smoked weed, but it became a big time issue when I stopped sleeping for over a decade, right? And then every doctor went to pill, to pill, to pill. 
And I basically became, I wasn't sleeping unless I was taking a pill. So, I mean, after 12 years of that and then doing different therapy, I buddy threw me a joint and honestly, I slept. It was great. I built up so much anxiety towards cannabis that I couldn't smoke it anymore. And then years later, he threw me a joint and all of a sudden it was like, bam, I slept great. So then I started doing more reading into it and then started talking to a doctor about it. And that's when I started growing it. And then from there it became, because I can't sleep, you have hours upon hours of time. So I just started reading and doing as much research as I could. But as far as businesses and stuff, I don't really push any of that. All I do is grow weed. I just love sharing, honestly. I love chatting it up. I love hosting videos, stuff like that. So for me, it's not never been a monetizing thing. It's great that I can get like a company behind me like this that can give me a great discount on lights and stuff like that. That to me is where I've always been. Hey, that's cool. But as far as making money off it, it's never been, never will be, I don't think. For me, I don't know. The writing is nice. It's all a little extra, right? I put it back into the garden, basically. So. I love that. And how how long have you been growing? Uh, okay, growing like this since 2018, 2000, yeah, right around there. Now, before it wasn't legal in Canada, right? So it was always gorilla type growing. We were kids in the bush messing around, never taking it serious. Since legalization, you can, I mean, you can dial it in at that point. So since 2018, I've been taking it very serious, I'd say. And it's, I mean, every grow consecutively got better. And it just from there, it's now it's, it's amazing. I mean, I can't, I can't buy better product than I'm growing in my own house. I'm curious. uh, Yeah. I'm like 2018. What did that for you and how? how that initially felt for you of kind of jumping into that space and kind of, you know, having to figure out what you're doing there and everything. Well, for me, I'm going to say like, it felt great that I finally didn't have to hide it as much. Right. Because I mean, like I said, I've been smoking it since I was a kid, but it was always kind of you're you're hiding it. You're taking your BMX bike, you're going around back. Now it's so openly and I'm finding like, I mean, looking at even just my, my family, immediate family, I have, pharmacists and physiotherapists and they're all white collar they do not touch the stuff right and as they get older they start seeing the benefits of it and you'd have to be ignorant to not realize it I mean it's it's incredible you it's not all about getting high and I think that people are starting to finally realize that I think there's been enough news and media about it it's it's becoming more than just the pothead on the corner So for me, it was almost easy. As soon as I started growing it and it was legal, I felt free to share whatever I wanted. I don't, the cops, what are they going to do? I'm fully legal. I'm licensed through Health Canada. I break no laws. Everything's in its own room. It's locked. So, I mean, there's, I'm free to talk about it and that feels great. And then in that sense, I talk to so many older people about it because I feel that those are the ones that benefit the most. And if you can break that kind of those are the ones that are just say no they grew up in that era right like don't forget about that so uh if you can break that ground and see the benefits uh, i don't know it's it's kind of undeniable how do you how do you argue it right like you can't yeah <laughs> i don't I know if that to... answers your question at all but yeah i think it does and I, I think it brings a good like next point where okay somebody does you know consider growing cannabis they're ready to take the plunge but yeah. maybe they live in a studio apartment. Maybe they don't have a shit ton of money to throw at it. Like what's a good basic setup or where did you get started? Okay, where I got started was with a little tent. I started with a two foot by four foot tent. 
Now you can start with even smaller. They sell two by two, three by threes. Uh, I, I would recommend like a single plant and something like that. You can go with multiple smaller plants, but you don't need a big setup. I mean, for let's just put it in like real breakdown terms here, maybe $150 for a decent tent uh, to get started for a light. They can vary big time. You can get into the thousands of dollars, but to get started for a few hundred dollars, you can pick up a decent light and then uh, you need a fan. So, I mean, you need some kind of way to get air in and out. Uh, pick up a, a T4 inline fan for again, another hundred, $150. So what are you at? You're at about $500, $600, all said and done to get started. And I mean, that's very basic. Now the setup behind me is, is thousands of dollars, but that's, that's where it varies, right? But to actually get going, you can start for under $1,000 easy, $500 for sure. Canada, we get ripped off, right? So it's probably close to 1,000 Canadian, but about 500 American, I'd say. I think that also does speak to the fact of like, there is an advantage of, you know, I've talked to a lot of folks who like, you know, started growing in like the 90s or the 2000s. And it was like you referenced that time where you're kind of doing it under, you know, like a little bit of a what's going on like am i okay doing this and also you know to your point like we have so many resources now and it's so much more accessible since it yeah. is legal that folks who maybe are just like i have no idea where to start can actually find resources and different places to look because there is a market and there is an industry now that's legal so i'm curious in that um, did you have any resources or like different things that you connected to of like, okay, what is exactly is it that I need and how do I get that started? Or what did that kind of process of getting going look like? Uh, that was a lot of trial error with me. I thought of everything except for moving air. So like for that, for me, was my biggest at the beginning. I didn't think about it, right? I got light. I got a corner. I didn't think about moving air in and out or anything like that. So I didn't have any resources. Now you guys have the resources. There's so much to reach out to. Uh, that's where I went to Facebook. And I mean, we started some pages like Ontario grows is one of our pages there. And it's, it's not just Canada, it's anything growing, gardening, indoor, outdoor, and the amount of knowledge that people are sharing is just, it's absolutely incredible. And that's breaking ground too. I forgot to mention that because you're seeing people that, you know, you're 50 to six year olds that are growing tomato, but now they got an autoflower going right beside it because, Hey, it's legal. Why not? Right. So they want to know how to do it too, right? And then they try it and it, it's it's hilarious. It's not funny to see, but it's, I love seeing it, right? It puts a smile on my face because it's so, it's such a flip. As soon as it became legal, it was like, oh, okay, it's not a big deal. Let's grow. Like, how were you so against it yesterday? You know what I mean? We had to hide in the corners and then all of a sudden, hey, grandma's growing some weed in her backyard. But it's, I love seeing it. I love seeing it. And now, yeah, like, like I said, online, there's so much resources. Back in the day, like you were saying, we had to hide the growing. Also, what we were using for lights, we were using HPS. I mean, that's power sucking, heat drawing. It's compared to these LED lights now. I mean, anybody can grow. You can grow in a little apartment. You do not need crazy HVAC setups to, to worry about that or crazy power consumption. Eh? Like it's, it's night and day compared to before. I love that. I love you mentioning, um, you know, people that go from being like the just say no error era to once it's legalized, like being willing to accept it. And, um, yeah. I've seen that a lot in my life, you know, especially being in the cannabis cannabis, like space for so long, I've had a lot of elderly people in my, my family come to me and I've helped them get 
different edibles or made them for, you know, and it's, it's just nice to see that a generation that before was so um, like staunchly against it, that now they're seeing that this can literally improve their lives. So I'm, I love that you can do the same thing um, with growing for patients, because I think, you know, putting it into, into the hands of patients and they're able to grow it themselves and have a safe product. Like, I think that's hugely valuable um, for so many reasons. Oh, big time. I mean, uh, I know a lot of people talk about different pesticides and different things and it, organics huge, right? People want to stay away from everything. That for me is big. I don't want any of that garbage on stuff I'm consuming. I make hand creams and stuff like that. Uh, I make some hand cream for my grandma because she has bad arthritis and, and that kind of like, that's the kind of same thing, right? It's nice to share. Would she have ever tried anything like that before? Hell no. But now, and she swears by it. So it's, I don't know. That's, it's good to see. It puts a smile on my face. And like I said, I work with the elderly. I work long-term care maintenance. I unfortunately can't talk anything about this. I, I wish I could because the benefits that some of these people would see, they're popping opioids and it's just, it's almost sickening whether they need it. They probably do for some cases, but I mean, they're killing themselves and it's, it's, it's hard to see because so much changes from that. And then there is the odd, the odd person. I do know of a couple of clients there that have switched. They've gone completely opioid free and have gone to, to hash. They smoke hash now and they, they openly talk about it, but I can't openly share nothing. Right. And that, that kills me because I wish I could have a, a conference there. Like I wish I could openly talk about it, but maybe yeah. one day. Hopefully I was going to say, hopefully one day. And I think, you know, before you got on uh, Keegan and I were talking about how the industry has progressed so far and how exciting it is to see legalization, especially in Canada. I know we have it in um, Uruguay, like different places. Hopefully we have it in the US eventually, but like there's still a lot of work to do, right? Like the normalization, everyone's like, oh, it's normalized now. No, it's not. You know, you still, if you still can't talk about it at work that to people that it would improve their lives, there's still work to do, right? So- Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. There's still a stigma. I mean, hundred percent. It's yeah, that's going to be hard to bust. That's going to be hard to bust. But I think with having major institutes like Harvard dumping millions upon millions into research, again, how do you lie and say there's nothing there? Like, there has to be something. People are dumping so much money. All these companies that said there wasn't anything there, all of a sudden are dumping money. And it's just, it's good to see. I don't know. I think within the next 10 years, you're going to see major, major change. Because I mean, even in the last, what has it been, five years in Canada, it's, it seems like a lifetime ago. No, I, I completely agree with that. Um, when it comes to growing, so let's just like go back to growing really quick. Um, I think, especially for people maybe who don't live in Canada, because I'm, I'm assuming because it is federally legal, maybe it's easier yep. to get um, maybe clones um, across the nation. Like where, where would you go for seeds or where do you, you know, what, what types of like, what's a good place to source seeds? Thing for seeds is it's, it's still such a gray topic in Canada because they want you buying the OCS approved seeds, right? Like the Ontario cannabis store seeds. And I would still highly recommend Spain. I, I go overseas for seeds. They got a lot. I mean, we have lots of great ones in Canada. Don't get me wrong. There's a great group in Canada, the Growers Guild in, on Facebook. They can send you clones, smoking jays. Anybody I deal with seeds online, they definitely can send you seeds. Um, but for me, it was always Europe. I, and as far as like America, like, yeah, I know you're saying it's not legal yet. Discreet shipping has been around forever. 
I mean, they've had seeds coming in hockey socks. I've seen seeds come in everything. Uh, my last seeds from Europe came in a hoodie. So it, it, they count. I mean, it always gets by. You might lose the odd package. And guess what? They're going to be replaced by the sender anyways. So that is easy. What I will say is don't cheap out on seeds because what I am seeing now on Facebook and a lot of home growers, I call them Paul and Chuckers. And there are people that don't really know what they're doing. And it's actually really scary because it's ruining genetics. It's really, it's, you're seeing these strains that are just, they're crazy. And it's just, it, it sounds great. But now you have a femme that you've reversed and it's just, it, you're doing scary things with genetics and just creating Hermes like crazy. That's another, sorry, side topic. But a horror story. story. <laughs> a horror, yeah, story. A horror story. So what I'm saying is <laughs> I would go with trusted breeders as a, as a newer grower. I would rather spend 25 to $30 on a seed because you're going to spend two to three, four five months growing it. You don't want to spend $5 on a seed and waste the next four months and find out it's garbage. It doesn't matter if your seed costs you $50 or $100, in my point. You're spending so much time growing it that at the end of the day, if it's not worth it, what was? how can you even put a value on that? I'm curious on that, uh, on that topic. Do you remember the first strain that you grew? I actually do. My very first strain was Baker Street. Uh, who was it? But it was a legal purchase seed from the OCS store. Like I said, I wanted to have everything set up and done properly because I wanted to share the whole experience, right? So mm -hmm. I went and bought the seeds from the, gov the Canadian government store and Baker Street. I can't remember who was the, I think it's Tweed, to tell you the honest to God truth, that is the, the breeder of that. And it went well. I mean, it wasn't the best girl, but I, I learned a lot. Holy mackerel. <laughs> yeah. Well, over time too, I mean, obviously since then, I'm, I'm sure you've tackled a number of strains. Have you found that certain strains in your experience are easier or more challenging to grow than others? And, and what does that, I guess, look like for you? A hundred percent. Your old school strains are still your hardiest strains, like your Northern Lights, their PM all these new cookie strains and these fat, like it's all about names and hype. And yeah, they're way more harder to grow. You get stretchy, leggy plants. You get plants that react to heat stress way more. It's plants that will mold out so easily. I recommend newer growers, again, stick to your, your originals. Like your I, Northern Lights is for me, I would I recommend that to any new grower. It is a strong plant. It can take a beating. <laughs> You don't really have to worry too much about it, right? But then you got, yeah, like a lot of the strains I grow now, don't kid yourself. Like if I don't take care of it, it's going to go crazy. But that's where you find some of the fire and that's where you find some of the really, I don't just want everyday bud, right? Like if I'm going to spend my time again, right now I'm looking for the exotic, try to keep the cuts of that and then just keep it going, right? So I'm never wasting time. I love that. I think that's great advice, um, especially something people can take away of like, okay, if you say that's easy to grow, like we'll take your word for it. For me, like I don't necessarily grow cannabis plants regularly. So like, that's a good place even for me to, you know, give it a shot. Um, my husband, on the other hand, has a lot more experience growing me. Not so much. Um, I'm interested too. So I think it aligns perfectly with what we're talking about now, just to mention that you are in the process and you have been writing and pretty much demonstrating how to go from seed or from roots to harvest, right? So um, you have a series on high there and yeah. um, you can tell us more about it if you'd like, but I just wanted to kind of introduce it. Um, 
basically each article once a month, you're going through a different step in the process of selecting seeds um, all the way until we're at harvest time, um, which I think is really valuable for anyone who's tuned in who wants to learn more about growing plants step-by-step and a lot more detailed than what we're going into today. Yeah, like you said, I've just, I've gone a little bit more in depth in that and I've shared some some trusted places that I deal with and I've never had issues with. And uh, you just got to relax. Like, don't, don't think too much about it. Just plant the seed, let it grow. And you know what? If you screw up your first time, who cares? Uh, you got to learn. If you really want to do it, you're going to do it and take your wins with your losses and whatever your losses with your wins and just have fun uh read the article like you said i'm, I'm doing a uh, roots to harvest right now i'm going writing the uh the flower article which hasn't been put out yet and after that we can talk about curing and and all that i mean just have fun it's grow it and your first couple grows probably aren't going to impress you but you know what after that you might shock yourself and all your friends that's all i can say I'm curious, just in retrospect, would you, is there anything you would say to yourself when you were first starting growing now that you have a number of years under your belt? Uh, what would I do? Write more down, honestly, write more down. Uh, I thought it was stupid and it's like, yeah, it's a waste of time, but it's not because you can, if you can article everything and for me anyways, you can always go back. You can see where you went wrong. And I mean, now I don't write really much of anything down. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of all in my head what I'm doing. But when you're still learning, it's you can go back and say, hey, I did this during that. And you can say, am I, am I doing better than the last round? So that's what I would tell myself. Write more down and don't buy all the hype. Don't, I don't know, re, do a little bit of reading. Follow the roots to harvest. You don't need to buy every mark, every product on the shelf. Uh, to get going i mean it's it's crazy what you can buy now i've seen so many products that are just it's insane i don't even want to start talking about them but it's crazy there's money and everything oh yeah <laughs> yeah no i love that i think that's great advice for especially people that are first time growers or, or trying to get into it um is there anything else that you'd like to say in particular to people who are intimidated by the process are afraid they're going to mess it up um or just you know any tips that you would like for readers to hear in general honestly anybody listening to this or reading if you have any issues message me directly on instagram even like i i i have no problem with that uh i'll answer it and just don't worry about it don't water it too much most people will overwater it that would be my number one it's pretty hard to kill a plant from from letting it dry out honestly most people will kill it by watering it uh that would be i guess that but yeah message me honestly I'm yeah, pretty and, easy guy. and your Instagram handle is sleeping organic sleeping, sleeping, giant. sleeping giant organics. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and then that is also at the bottom of all your articles as well. So if they don't know Correct. where to find you, they can find your grow series on hither.com and it is under, um, our learn category tab. And then, um, yeah, you can also go on Instagram and find him at sleeping giant organics. That's the I, actually, I just followed you. <laughs> I'm going to find him. Yeah, you know what? I wasn't big on Instagram until just recently. So I don't have a ton of followers yet, but uh, I've always been on Facebook. I found it easy to share. And we were doing the vid chats on the, with COVID. We did a lot of the video chats, right? I got chats with 50 people. And I mean, no matter what, any time of the night you go in the garage and you want to light a joint, there's five other people lighting a joint and already chatting it up. 
So it's kind of like a community we we built and put together and it's it's awesome. I don't know. Yeah. And I, I think it shows what like great of a person you are and how much you truly like are compassionate and caring in the space. Like the fact that you're willing to one-on-one help people out just from the goodness of your heart. Like that's something I really appreciate about you. And I think it's a good reflection of the type of community that we have at High There and what we're trying to build is it doesn't matter if it's a first time grower, you're not going to look at them with your nose in the air. You know, you want to help people. You want them to access medicine. And um, I, I really appreciate your your willingness to to share that with people. You hit the nail on the head there. And I never thought about it. For the people that weren't really in the cannabis, the cannabis community has always been, to me anyways, has been a, like around the bonfire, past the doobie around. And I guess for people that weren't ever in that scene, they don't really maybe understand that. And uh, yeah, I guess welcome to the community, ask questions because most people care enough to answer. And yeah, like it's, it's the community is great. The cannabis community, in my opinion, has always been great. Yes, you have some flaws, but for the most part, I mean, if I was at a ski hill and had a joint lit, I'd probably be sharing it with complete strangers. And that's always been that way. So I, I love it. Yeah, I love, I remember yeah. during COVID, it, you know, you really realize your cannabis consumption habits when all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, do we all have to roll our own joint now? Like, <laughs> yeah. I guess we're not passing the joint. I, I specifically remember that little culture shift. So, um, yeah, yeah. it is, it is a very sharing community and you're a perfect representation of that. So from the bottom of my heart, I really love having you as part of the high there team. And I hope that our, our listeners understand that, you know, you have an invaluable, source of information that can really change people's lives and help them access quality cannabis without completely hurting themselves paying these taxes that you know Keegan and I are in California so we 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 get taxed oh, thank you very much so. honestly thank you very much for having me yeah yeah thank you, you gave me the platform to share on I mean it's been awesome yeah thank you again we appreciate that yep we'll chat soon guys hopefully all Have right yeah you too. take care guys bye, bye. So for this first episode, we're not going to just preface this every single time with every episode, but since it is our first one, uh, we do have some of these little segments. And to top it off here, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, news and some of the current events happening in cannabis, uh, talked a lot and had a lot of good things to say with Logan here. And we really just want to end it off with something kind of easy and fun regarding thoughts around cannabis, our current experiences with it, things that are happening in the news, trends, anything and everything we're seeing related to cannabis, plant medicine, that whole conversation. We're calling it ooze, which is ooh, you know? We're, we're, we're stoked. Or ew, which uh, you know what that means. Uh, not you so know. stoked. <laughs> yeah, not so stoked. And, you know, and then we're going to call it a day here. But uh, yeah, yeah, so ooze and ooze is, is our next little final segment to top this off here. Yeah, so ooze and ooze. So when you first brought this up, I thought it would be interesting because the top, the thing that I saw all over the place and that I was personally involved with was cannabis suppositories. Mm -hmm. um, so for those who may not know, a suppository is inserted either, and I don't know why I'm so shy now saying it, um, vaginally or rectally. And with cannabis, you can use different cannabinoids in the suppository to help deliver direct relief to places that need it. Um, so I know that you wrote about ca cannabis suppositories an informational article for okay. hi there. Um, but what are your thoughts on suppositories? Is it an, ooh, is it an, ew? are you not sure? Ooh, well, for me, it's always been an, ooh, but I have to admit, I've never tried it. I 
I think it was Foria. We we carried Foria suppositories in the Northern Colorado dispensary I worked in. And I never, you know, really had like a specific reason to try them. But that said, I'm very curious just to try it. Cause it's one, you know, like I've tried edibles. I've tried obviously flower concentrates, the whole nine. Yeah. I think with, so my experience, I've actually used a cannabis suppository. Um, I was gifted cannabis suppositories from hello again, and the line has four different types. The two types I was given was one for hangover and then one for menstrual relief. Um, I have not been drinking. And so I've only tried the menstrual relief one. I think it's called period. Um, and I wrote a review on it for hi there. If somebody wants more in depth of my experience with them, but overall, um, they do provide direct relief, um, internally in a way that is different from a topical because you're actually, you know, like directly hitting the pain versus, um, consuming it orally and waiting for it to, you know, travel its way to where you want it concentrated. Um, and so overall, I think that they're great. Um, I love that there are different ones. There's some that are for women with menopause. There are some that are for, um, people who need to help sleeping at night. So it's like we're seeing with cannabis in general, you know, you're, you're, the products are targeting the specific effects that the consumer wants. And it's in such a direct way to where the pain is. If you have endometrial endometriosis, you know, you're putting something directly where the pain is. And so it's, it's, it's a very effective way of consuming cannabinoids. Um, and then you can also get the benefits of THC without getting high from it. So, um, the blend I tried was a THC CBD blend and overall, like I did find cramp relief, um, and overall it just made me, my body feel more relaxed, um, during that time of the month. So it's for me, it's an Ooh, all the way. And yeah, it's, it's an exciting product. It's been around a long time, but we're just seeing a lot more brands get into the game. And then the products, um, really being marketed just to, for more than just pleasure and, you know, pain relief, but just also right. like, Hey, hangover. Hey, you have period cramps. Like this one's for you. Right. I think I have a lot of an interest in that too, of exactly what you said of almost having sort of the symptom relief and sort of the body relief. And, you know, like I work out a lot, you know, and like on a rest day or something like being able to do something like that without necessarily having like as much of, you know, really like the psychoactive head high of just like, Hey, I just really want to like have a reset moment. You know, that sounds really appealing in that way. I was going to say my other ooh that I was thinking of because it's fresh on my mind is uh, the Valentine's Day collections that we yes. uh, that we are featuring here because um, those are going to be online, uh, Heather.com. But uh, these are just like the most gorgeous, cute, precious, pink, hearty. Uh, and then some of them too are like, like, kind of fairy tale adjacent or there's a company that we feature that has like fresh flowers in the glass and those were I mean it's just like I I had trouble writing it because I just wanted to like scroll endlessly it's like even outside of Valentine's Day it's just like if you like aesthetically cute things there is like uh, there's a space for that in glass. Um, I also have to say that I break all of the glass that I own, so I'm not <laughs> going to go there quite yet. But um, yeah, that was a big oof for me, especially like you know we're just in time for Valentine's Day here, so I wanted to just kind of drop that because whether it's for this holiday or beyond, I felt like those were definitely pieces I would love to have in my collection if I wasn't so clumsy. 
<laughs> right. Absolutely. I was actually on Instagram and, um, on hi there's Instagram and we follow a lot of beautiful glass makers. I, I've always had a passion for glass. Um, and I just started coming along these uh, across these Valentine's day collections. And some of them are just like you said, just like literally warm my heart, make me feel so excited, so cutesy. And then the ones from MJ Arsenal in particular were like, the technology that went into developing some of the the shapes of the glass and how aesthetically perfect and pleasing it looks. And even if it's too late for Valentine's Day or you're running a little late on that, you can always gift one of these for yourself. They are gorgeous. Um, and the creators behind them are amazing as well. So definitely check that out. But I'm happy that you like them as much as I do because really I, I just was like, we have to feature these. Like these collections are just next level adorable. Maybe my personality, I'm always going to err on the side of the ooze. Um, my only you is like, has nothing to do with weed at all. Um, I woke up and my throat hurts, but it's not COVID. So that's kind of an you. <laughs> I think that's an you. I, I would say sickness is generally an you. Yeah. No, my only you was a little bit anecdotal and I'm currently taking a little bit of a THC pause, but I've gone to my local dispensary a couple of times just to pick up a joint or two. And uh, there was someone, a new bud tender who I was chatting with and it was great, you know, like they're helping me through, get the products, they're checking me out. And then they kind of stopped for a minute and said, hey, can I ask you a question from a customer perspective? Am I going slow? Like, how am I doing? And I was just like, I didn't even think of it at all. Like it was a very, and albeit I go into a dispensary and I'm just ready to be patient. Like if there's a line, I'm like, Hey, it's legal weed, right? I'm not going to complain. I've been on the other side of it. Um, so my ego is like, whatever made that person think that they had to be rushing or like going faster or like check in with me because I was just like, no, you're killing it. Like I I've been on that side before and whatever pressure is making that person feel like they just have to rush through especially given the amount of compliance, the cameras that are on you, all of the things you need to be paying attention to. It's like, babe, don't rush. Like, you're good. I'm chilling. Um, so that person is not you. That person is an ooh, and I love them forever. But the the whole situation was definitely like, an, I don't like that. Yeah, the you is definitely to whatever or whoever made that person feel like the expectation was to like, you know, rush through it. Yeah. Like after like working for Amazon, it's like, you're, this isn't an Amazon package that needs to go out by 10 o'clock. This, yeah. this is an experience and let's just take our time. It's weed. Uh, yeah. Also, you know, like casual PSA of like, be nice to your bud tenders. Like it, it, it yeah. can be a, be a tough job, you know? Well, this has been an amazing first episode. I am so excited to bring many more of these to our Hi There community. Um, for those of you who want more, we want to see you, um, in the hi there community. So be sure to download the social app and, um, you just search hi there in your app store or Google play. And then if you want, um, come and find me. My name is Jamie Solis. That's my handle. No spaces. Come and say hi, because we are ready to talk to you. Yeah. And I am a prom witch on all platforms, including hi there. And uh, our podcast is going to be every two weeks. It is going to be available in Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. And if you want to see our faces and, you know, everything that's going on there, then we also post the episodes to YouTube. You can just find us at Hi There on YouTube. Stay safe out there and we will see you soon. Yeah.